is episode 59 of Dead Letter Radio. As always, I am your host, Taze, and this is the show with the slogan, Your Words, Your Podcast, because here we feature your poetry, writing, short stories, unsent letters, everything and anything in between that you've written down. We give it a voice, a platform, an audience, but you are the star of each and every episode. If this is your first time listening in, and you'd like to hear how you can have your own work and words featured on the show, stay tuned until the end of the episode. Now, I promised I wouldn't start this episode saying we're back, (laughs) because that's apparently been the trend as of late. I actually looked today at when the last episode was released, and it's been a bit. Uh, Let me see again. It has been from August 29th, so it's been a good while. And if you uh, follow me or the show on Twitter, then you know one reason the latest episode, this episode, hasn't been released was due to some audio issues, some component issues. My mic I was using has some feedback problems that I have not been able to solve So recently, I was able to pick up a temporary microphone when I had the chance and get this episode out to all of you. So thank you for your patience, especially those who submitted your work and probably wondering what happened. The show is still here. I've just been distracted, I guess. (laughs) But how are you doing? How is your day going? Are you enjoying the colder weather if you are in a climate that does so? Does your writing change? Uh, per season, maybe when it gets a little darker out earlier and a little cooler, does your writing become more enclosed, uh, maybe more comforting, or maybe a bit more chilling in its topics, or do you use it to escape somewhere warmer, maybe a bit more pleasant and loud and not so muffled by snow in the winter's air? I was thinking back to some of my old pieces I've written, and it's interesting how they can take you straight back to a certain mindset or moment you were going through and really ground you in that setting, uh, that experience that motivated those words. And there are some I really enjoyed and some that <laughs> I was a little embarrassed to reread, and it did remind me why I did this show, because... Even though I am someone who enjoys creative writing, I do get embarrassed at times by my own words, even though I may enjoy them and find that they ring true. And so, heck, even though I made this show for my younger self, my older self would probably still use it and submit some pieces, probably anonymously. So no shame if you're considering uh, sending something in, but you're not quite sure you want your name attached. I completely understand. Anyways... Uh, So bear with me today (laughs) as I try to get back into the swing of things and I read you some amazing works from all over people who have graciously submitted their writing and allowed me the honor to share it with all of you. So I hope that this episode is relaxing, maybe encouraging uh, for you to pick up the pen, continue what you're working on, or just be creative in general. Maybe even let you reflect a little bit on your own life and the unique spark you add to this world. One last thing before we begin. I will be away next year for a little bit in the beginning of the year. So 
I would like to compile as many pieces as possible and get a uh, bulk uh, amount of episodes recorded so we can really get back on track for 2023 and really get this show started off on the right foot despite my absence. Uh, so please send in your work. If you have anyone that you know is uh, enjoys writing and creative writing and maybe they have submitted it places or maybe they're nervous to, send them my way. I would love to feature them on this show. But let's get started. Our first piece is by Peter Dabin, and it is titled, God Jazz. He breathes deeply, looks around the room, lowers his head and sighs. Hands outstretched, the circles joined, and we all close our eyes. Lord, we rejoice for this voice, for this place and these faces. Thanks for the ceiling. And thank you for the floor. And since we need to leave some time, thank you also for the door. We thank you for laughter now and hereafter, for the hands we use to hold, the ears we use to hear, the animals we eat, and the pets that we hold dear. Thank you for your son. We all know he was the one. Unrehearsed, improvised, this is God Jazz. No denying he's got the gift, that special something, pizzazz. Lord, thank you for the ant that's crawling up my arm right now. The hair on that arm and on our heads, well, most of us, anyhow. Or for those without hair, skin, thanks for skin and all its colors. And thank you, Dave, for remembering to bring the coffee and the crawlers. Thank you, Lord, for colors, all the colors you designed. Hmm? How kind of you to remind, Dave, that some of us are colorblind. Thank you for our eyes and for whatever they might see. This group and these large windows, those birds and that oak tree. I sneak a peek. As he's slowing down, he peeks too and looks around. A jazz man works with what he's got. Twists it, turns it, makes it hot. Please heal Brian's leg. No, we ain't too proud to beg. And thanks for medication, which has eased my urination. Lord, today I watched a show about a little baby rhino. They're endangered, as you know. Lord, help that rhino so she can grow, go to and fro, maybe find a bow. It won't be easy, though. She's albino. We sing your song as the day is long. I could go on till dawn, but we're called upon. And so, until we speak again. Goodbye, Lord. Thank you. And amen. God bobs his head and snaps his fingers as the last word sounds, echoes, lingers. He's felt the groove, and he approves. In the beginning were the words, and the words were good. But God jazz is better. It's understood. Thank you, Peter, for sharing this piece with us today. And it was a fun one to start off with. Uh, from the rhythmic quality to the setting to just being fun to roll off the tongue. I really enjoyed it, and as someone who uh, had to, you know, pray for a meal or what have you before, uh, it, I think it does take that inspiration some may have experienced where they're not quite sure what to say, and they try to gather inspiration from the room and roll with it. But as fun as uh, this setting and this poem is uh, to read and listen to, I'm sure, I think it also kind of... Uh, reflects on that we can appreciate even the small things in life that we may even find humorous. Uh, from 
thank you for the floor and the door, or for the ant on our arm, for those of us that have hair and those that don't, <laughs> for appreciating the medication that helps us do something even as uh, easing our urination. Uh, reflecting on wanting to help the rhino who's albino. There's so many aspects of life that may maybe go unnoticed because they're smaller or not in our scope of vision. But when we reflect, uh, we can appreciate all these aspects, even if we realize this through a fun poem called God Jazz. Uh, so thank you. Our next piece is by Franley. The last droplets of gin are like the bleeding ink of my pen that I use as a weapon against dissent. Into chaos, I spin, whirling, swallowed into an ocean of angst. Again. Thank you, friendly, for sharing with us today. It's funny. The weapons that we use against that dissent into chaos, our own personal chaos, because it resides in our head and in our hearts. And I don't know about you, but for me, it's usually late at night, primarily. Uh, it reminds me of a saying I once heard that there's no good thoughts after 9.30 p.m. <laughs> and so some of us may use uh, that glass of gin or the ink of our pen, I know I have, uh, to try to fight that chaos, to stave it back, to hold those overwhelming and suffocating thoughts. But the dam breaks, the weapon fails, and there we are swallowed into that ocean once again. I think a lot of people in the creative field, even though it might seem like a trope, have experienced this. I mean, the reason I initially got involved in poetry uh, was to air out my own angst and grievances with myself and my life, and then I fell in love with it. Uh, so it's not an uncommon experience, and I think you've captured it very well, friendly. So thank you. Our next piece is by Michael French, and it is titled Three-Dimensional Ontological Reductionism. You are an ocean. I don't mean that literally. Stop making that swishing sound. I mean you. Who you are can be described using that metaphor. Yes, whales make that noise. Now listen. I can be on the shore and know the water and the shoals. Yes, and where the rocks are. But there is a breeze blowing down a distant strait. Children are playing on a beach a thousand miles away, and don't forget all the things that live in the water. The layer of the earth underneath with its own geology. All these make changes to the ocean, and the ocean in turn has its effect on them. So things you are barely aware of still are felt. Waves wash up on the shore, and I perceive how little I can really know despite all the years on the same patch of sand. What's that? Yes, it's a warm breeze, and they are beautiful children, and there is no other shoreline I consider home. So thank you, Michael, for sharing this piece with us today. Regarding this work, they said, 
She likes my poetry, but thankfully doesn't take it too serious. The subject of the poem is the woman I've been married to for 35 years, and she does enjoy some of my writing, but not all. The title is a bit of a joke, an attempt to be impressive sounding, and how she keeps me grounded by not allowing too much of that. When reading this piece, Michael, it made me feel I was just in the living room uh, with two lovers as they, uh, as one listens uh, to this poem, this metaphor that they contrived, and the goofiness in the conversation, and the seriousness yet playfulness between the two. And I think it's just lovely. It's a nice, peaceful window, a moment, uh, into a loving relationship. And the title is pretty great, too. I had to look up ontological reductionism because, look, I don't, I didn't know what neither of those words meant truly. And ontological, from my understanding, and a quick Google search, is the philosophy on uh, being and existence. And reductionism is using the simplest terms and uh, phenomena to describe a greater phenomena. So three-dimensional ontological reductionism is a, a person. <laughs> You're describing this person, this exists, this being that exists, uh, using another phenomena uh, to break down their essence. And yeah, you're describing your love, your wife, your lovely wife. <laughs> As you said, you're, you put together a title uh, that sounds impressive, that was impressive sounding, and you accomplished that. What I really appreciated, though, is the uh, metaphor of your love being as an ocean, and maybe we've heard similar ideas portrayed before, but the sheer immensity of that, from uh, the shoreline and the voices of children on a beach a thousand miles away, to the, all the things that live in the water, the layer of earth underneath with its own geology and composition, and all these affect the ocean, gradually make changes to it, and the ocean affects them. And so that we on the beach might not be aware of all that is going on, and yet we feel those changes. We hear the children's voices. We see fish swim by, maybe the ocean has a slightly different tint due to sand getting kicked up. And when it comes to love, it's the same that we might not be aware of every little thing that goes under the surface of our love, but we can still see and feel those changes, even though we might not always fully understand, because each of us are the ocean, are immense, uh, bottomless, almost unknowable, yet we choose to be with one another. There is no other place, no other shoreline we would rather call home because you are our home. So I think it's just a beautiful notion. Uh, so thank you so much for sharing with us today. Our next piece is by Starkiller60 on Reddit, and it is titled, The Disconnect. 
I'm an avatar for self-hatred, a shell of a man in a shadow of a town, a flicker of a ghost in the outline of a body as he walks by, fading away by some distant star. At night, I dream about younger versions of myself, the person who ran around like a maniac screaming his head off. My aura was pure fire, and I set the world ablaze. But some deep kernel in me popped, the nucleus of my being runny with pus. A cockroach skitters by in the basement of my skull. A plane goes by overhead in the dark. I want to pull down the sky and turn the lights off forever. Thank you, Starkiller, for sharing this with us today. On your piece, I found myself really transfixed on the contrast of light and, to me, the feeling of warmth. I mean, I have been in a place where there was a bit more self-hatred than one should have. <laughs> and I'm sure that we all, at one point, have felt something similar. Uh, so that lack of light, that lack of warmth, that feeling of being a flicker of a ghost in the outline of a body, a shell of a man, and that contrast that fading away by some distant star. That beginning, that lack of light, and yet reflecting on who we once were. That younger version who is brimming with life, who could be described as a maniac, but in this context, I didn't take it as negative, but as someone that against a muted and cold and dark place, if they're giving off light, they would seem insane. And that aura they gave off, pure fire, setting the world ablaze. But life happens. Something goes wrong. Our nucleus, our center, becomes infected. The light fades. That pure fire aura simmers and it becomes dark and damp. Enough that cockroach can skitter in the basement of our skull and the planes overhead we can't even see anymore but only hear the roar of their engines and now we're used to that dark we're afraid of that light we don't want to look at it anymore and we want to pull down the sky and turn off the lights forever i think you capture that feeling that self-hatred that even though you dislike it you gravitate more towards that dark and shun that light that we once were because it seems unobtainable to get back. Uh, but it is attainable to get back. And I want to say thank you for sharing this piece. Next, we have a piece by Ron Reiki and Sharmila Vudakara, and it is titled, I'm in love with every word you have ever uttered. I'm in love with every word you have ever uttered, and every sentence you have ever thought, and every silence you have ever breathed, and every day I write this poem that fails again and again to tell what happens between two people. This poem whose mouth is broken, this poem that circles like a lost skull blown inland far from the sea, is in love too, even with the Pittsburgh in our lungs. The ex who saw me pick and eat a scab. 
the car where the brakes failed and we were heading downhill. The runaway truck ramps gravel eager for our bodies. The ex whose scars I traced and named. Broken mirror, motel hot tub, windshield one-way glass. This poem says, tell me the last time you flew through your skin. Tell me the last time you flew. So thank you, Ron and Sharmila, for sharing this piece with us today. This is one that I read over and over again and really tried to understand that what it means to me, what did I take out of it? And for me, it captures, almost going back to our earlier piece by Michael, that our love for people, for someone, can be bottomless, can be undescribable, that no matter how hard we try, we cannot quite put it into words and on paper, with ink, or uh, with a stroke of a keyboard. And so we write a poem, and it fails again and again to tell that story between two people. And maybe it's a positive story, and maybe it's a negative one with a bittersweet ending. Maybe there's tragedy and loss, but it's still that story, that love between two people that once was there, that was a reality. And so the poem whose mouth is broken, who's unable to speak on it, that poem that's like a lost skull, is in love with this story, with these people, with this person. And love doesn't mean that tragedy won't happen. In the poem, describes the rushing away to a runaway truck ramp. Scars that uh, the ex bears that the narrator has named. And we all have face scars, especially in love, and most predominantly in love. And so when was the last time you flew through your skin? Because whether figuratively or literally, love can make us do that, can feel that that journey we go through can separate us from our bones to our skin to our soul. And we are left with scars. So when is the last time that you flew? Now this is what I got out of it. Maybe I'm missing the mark completely. Um, but I do appreciate you guys for sending this in. And as always with all our pieces, I'm curious. For you, the listeners, what did you get out of it? How did the poem apply or the writing apply to you? What came to your mind when image was painted what did you feel well that was all the pieces we had today uh, thank you so much for everyone who submitted their work who allowed me the honor of reading it sharing it on this podcast because you don't know me <laughs> but yet you allow me to share something that i'm sure is personal that you created yourself and i'm able to uh, help share your words with the world so I'm deeply honored to be able to do so. If you have enjoyed this episode, uh, please leave a review or a rating on wherever you're listening to and spread the word. Encourage more people to write, to be creative, uh, even if they think they might enjoy the show, to relax, but especially if they're 
someone who likes to write and maybe is just shy about it, please forward the show to them. I want to try to instill that courage uh, as much as I can to people that your words are unique and they should be heard. If you want to write, then write, then create, read. I just want to help share your words a bit more. So, if this is your first time listening in and you want to know how you can have your work featured, uh, it's really easy. In the description of the episode uh, should be an email and uh, social media. You can message me on any of those. And there, all you do is send me your piece, have a title, if applicable, and how you'd want to be credited. It could be your name, a pen name, social media handle, or even anonymous. And then, if you'd like, you can also include uh, your reason for writing the piece, or your goal, or what inspired you, if you would like that possibly shared. If it is a short story, I say keep it, I believe, under 650 words or so, just so that uh, I can include more pieces in an episode. Uh, but yes, you can feel free to follow the show on any of the social media uh, linked down in the description, and that way you can stay tuned for updates. So that's it. That's the episode. It took a couple months to get it out, <laughs> but we're here. And I won't make any promises, because <laughs> I just got to learn to not do that. Um, but it is always great to be with you guys again, uh, to read your words and to get your thoughts and see how you see the world, um, because your creative spark is yours alone, and we're just privy to see your unique outlook. So thank you, everyone, for listening. This is Taze Jones with Dead Letter Radio, and I'm wishing you all safe travels.